Welcome, everybody. Good to see you today. I'm Pastor Kurt. Uh, welcome especially to everybody online. Thanks for joining us. What did you think of that video? Was it kind of cute? You liked it? Are Kim and Josh here today? Not here? Okay, well, if you see them, tell them thanks. They're from our church. Helped us put that video together. Uh, so next weekend is Valentine's Day, and a lot of my friends call this Single Awareness Day. That's what they call it. I'm not kidding. They really do refer to it as that. And so we're going to talk about, in our family series, today we're going to talk about being single. I think all of us have been single at one time or another. Some of us are married now. Some of us, some of us are single. Uh, it's been a long time since I've been single, 37 years. But I still remember the feeling. I really do. I'm not kidding you. I can remember the feeling that I had. Um, but even though I was single for 22 years in terms of not married, I had girlfriends a lot of those years. And I think the first girlfriend I remember was Colleen Bodie, the neighbor girl across the street. Um, I was four. She was five. And we were sweet, man. I mean, we, were, we had a great relationship. We swapped gum with each other. Anybody else ever do that? Back in the day when you couldn't afford your own gum, you swapped. And that was fun. And there was this one day that we found this uh, fan belt that went to a car, and we pulled it down over our heads, and then we couldn't get it off. Because you know what goes down doesn't always come back up again. So her brother had to actually cut it off us. So we were close, but then she left me for kindergarten, and I was alone in the neighborhood for a whole year. So, But the first real crush I remember uh, was in the third grade, and her name was Janine DeCoria. Now, I said Lisa last service, and somebody corrected me, somebody that had her in her class. So it was Janine. Tells you what an impact it had on me, right? And she was an older woman. She was in the fourth grade. I was in the third grade. And I remember being at the roller skating rink. Anybody else at the skateway when we were kids? Uh, the roller skating rink was a big deal. I understand it's making a resurgence. That's great. I love roller skating. Um, and I was there one time, and they played couple skate, and Janine was there. And so guess what? That's right. I skated over to her and grabbed her hand and our little hot, sweaty hands. We skated around that rink, around that rink, and it was such a powerful moment. I'll never forget it. It's like the first time I'd ever held hands with a girl. But I can even more clearly remember... Uh, the single seasons, that's what I call them, of my life. And I think the last one really happened, well, obviously, just before I met my wife. And I'd been dumped by a girl. I know it's hard to believe, but it happened. And so I was, like, depressed and lonely. And I said to the Lord, Jesus, the next girl that comes into my life, that's the one I want to marry. And, of course, that's where Gwen entered into my life. But that season, just before Gwen, was a really difficult time for me. And I can literally remember... The feelings that I had about being single, I was probably 21, I think, right about that time. And the reason for that is, is that God gave us this desire. It's built in. God gave us this desire for oneness. Everybody has it. Uh, it's a good desire, and we should never despise the desire. The desire is a good thing. The desire for oneness, the desire to find that special person in your life. Or even to find a really great friend in your life and, and to be known by them and to know them and to love them. That is a really good desire that God gave us. And God said in Genesis 2, he said, it's not good for a man or a woman to be alone. And it's true. This is true of everyone in the room, everybody online today. It's true. We all long to be known, don't we? We all long to be known and to be accepted, uh, to know us at uh, our good, our bad, and our ugly, 
and still accept us, to still love us. There's something really, really good about that. But as we even think about that this morning, we need to remember that our worth or our real value of who we are as a person is not based upon whether we are single or whether we are married. You're no more worthwhile because you're married than you were when you were single. And single people, you're no more worthwhile or less worthwhile because you are not married. Our value is not based on our conditions of life. Our value is based on our created nature. We are valuable. Get this. We are valuable because we are created in the image of God. That is why we're valuable. That is why we have any value at all. Genesis 1 says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So number one for all of us here today, uh, number one in our notes today, single or married, our inherent value, the value that's built into us, comes from being created in God's image. You know, yesterday I happened to watch the footage of the moving of the homeless camps in Bellingham. There was a police officer in Bellingham that had a uh, body cam on. And by the way, thank you to our officers. There were several right from our church that were in that line on that Friday and Saturday. So thank you to you. Uh, yeah, let's give them a round of applause. And if you haven't watched that body cam footage, it's pretty much all over Facebook now. I, I would suggest you watch just a little bit of it. It's pretty graphic. It's pretty hard to watch, to be honest. And I found myself asking, um, how, how did it happen that people can treat authority this way? Now, understand, these police officers were invited to do a job by the Bellingham mayor, right? Like nobody, they, they didn't want to be there, but they're there doing their job, and they're the ones really that get attacked. And I found myself thinking about the image of God. And as I was thinking about the image of God, the inherent image of God in people like you and I, what I was thinking was even every one of these people who are being so disrespectful to our police officers, even they are created in the image of God. And they have value and they have worth because they're created in his image. Listen, I've not always been the best I could be. I've had times that I would not want to roll back the video footage of my life and show you on the screen. I have. And I would not want to roll that back to you. And yet, I was valuable. And I had inherent value because I was made in God's image. And so are you. And so we must never forget that every person on the planet, regardless of their condition, has an inherent value, a built-in value. You know, I like to call it that it's the valuable just because. Valuable just because we are made in the image of God. Imago Dei. Imago Dei. It's a beautiful thing. It's not just a quality of God that we possess, but it's that we actually are made in his image. Now, let's talk just a moment about this condition. What does that include? Well, it includes consciousness. Like we're the only created being that has this sense of consciousness that includes a sense of right and wrong. It includes uh, the longing to be known and to be loved. Cats and dogs, they just want to be fed. Make no mistake. Feels like love. It's not. It's just feed me. I'll be happy if you feed me, right? Sorry to break it to you. Um, but for us, as conscious beings, we have this, this attribute, this nature of God thing in us that's different than any other created being. Uh, we also have uh, feelings and emotions that we act upon. And then we have the potential to live eternally. That sets us apart. 
we're, we're redeemable. And of all the creatures that God created, only we are like him. So we're special. We're set apart from the rest of creation. And God wants to have relationship with us. And that's why he sent Jesus, who we're going to celebrate today through communion. So first of all, though, we, we simply have value because we're made in his image. And it's true of every person ever created. We have inherent value, built-in, designed value that we are like God. I love this passage from Psalm 193, and it kind of gives you God's perspective on us. And I read this a few weeks ago, but it's beautiful. I want to read it again. It's God's perspective as somebody is, is being formed in the womb. And it says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. And as I read that, and I read it to you this morning, I just want to remind you that you are precious in the sight of God, because of your created inherent value. God sees you. God knows your heart. God knows your desires. If you're single, he knows your desires. If you're married, he knows your desires. And God has plans for you. He gave these things to you. God has seen your days. Every moment is laid out in his eyes. And I love this line. His thoughts about you are precious. God thinks precious thoughts about you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, God thinks precious thoughts about you. And this should remind us this morning of how valuable you are to God, of your inherent value. But but let me add another layer to that. For us who have received Jesus Christ and his provision of grace in our lives, for us there's even another layer in our life of of how God sees us. There's another layer of value and worth, and it's that God sees us through Jesus. God sees us through Jesus. And that's number two. We are made complete only through our union with Christ. We are made even more valuable through our union with Christ. Uh, We receive, uh, God shares his nature with us through the union we have in Christ. And so, Let me say this, you know, you can add value to your life, right? We add value to our life with our careers, our families. If you have a family through great food, I love great food. You're probably going to have some great food today. Uh, We add value to our life through the relationships that we have, the friendships that we have. Maybe you love to travel. Maybe for you it's ministry. And we add value to our life through ministry. But none of these things that we can add to our lives actually complete us. There's only one thing that completes us, and it's our union with Jesus Christ. You know, there was a movie out many years ago that had this line, You complete me. Anybody remember? Yeah, you complete me. And I just want to say it's not true. It's not healthy. It's not biblical. I don't complete you. You don't complete me. If you're a married couple today, you don't complete each other. You add value to one another's lives, but you don't complete each other. And if you're single here today and you get married, that doesn't complete you. And if you're married here today and you get divorced, that doesn't complete you. Only one thing completes us, and that's our union with Jesus Christ. Let me read it to you today from Colossians 2. This is a powerful verse. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God. This is is super doctrinal here. You've got to get this. This is where we get the term that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Okay? 
So in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete. Would you say complete with me? Complete. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Here's what I want to say today. And this is important as we have a conversation about singleness. There is no fullness in life outside of Christ. There is no completeness for your life outside of Christ. Now, I'm not trying to, you know, make every, everybody feel bad this morning. I'm just saying this is, this is a fact of life. All things are going to fade. All things are going to even fail in our lives. But there's one thing that will hold true, and that's Jesus Christ. Even Solomon, who had uh, too many wives to count and concubines and all the riches in the world and all the wisdom, he said, I observed everything going on under the sun, and really, it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. Thank you, Solomon, right? Isn't that great? So encouraging today. But for us who are in Christ, if you're online this morning and you've given your heart to Christ, here's the truth. We've been given fullness in Christ. We are complete in Christ. Now, this word fullness comes from the Greek pleroma, which means all the sum total of all God is, all of his being and his attributes. So when you say that Jesus Christ was full of God, it means all of God. Like God didn't hold something back from Christ. He had all of God, limited to a human body, right? So that's what God chose to do. Jesus contains the fullness of God. He was and he is fully God. Now get this. Our true value and our true worth comes from sharing God's identity through Christ. As we take communion today, we're going to eat the bread, the body of Christ. We're going to share. We're going to, we're going to make the statement with that that we share in, in God's fullness that he placed in Jesus Christ. John said it like this in John 1:16. He said from the fullness of his grace we have all received. Now be careful with this. This doesn't believe this doesn't mean like some religions teach that you are gods. You are not a god. You will not be a god. You'll always be human, but you'll be a redeemed human, right? You'll be a, a, a an eternal human. And and we will join God and we will share his glory, okay? But you will not become a God. We simply share in the goodness of the nature that he is through our union with Christ. So this completeness that I'm talking about today from Colossians includes the understanding that only Jesus can make us right. Or I like to say only Jesus can make us all right. You know what I mean? I can only be all right through Christ. Again, as our focus is singleness today, marriage is not going to make you all right. Trust me, I've been married. I am married. It hasn't made me any more all right. Okay? It hasn't made anyone any more all right. And singleness doesn't make us more all right. Okay? So this completeness that we talk about in Colossians means that we don't need anything or anyone else to make us all right. Again, they will add value to our lives, and we will add value to their lives, but they will not make us all right. Second Corinthians 5, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right. Now, I know that means righteousness. I know that. But it also means that we could be made all right in this life. That we could have an abundant life through Jesus Christ, with God through Christ. Have you ever had one of those days where you said to yourself, Man, I just wish it could be all right. Like today, <laughs> yesterday, last week. One of those days where it was just, you know, a, a tough day and you're like, man, I just wish things could be all right. Or maybe you said, I just wish things could be better, could be better. 
right? I've had those days. I still have those days. And that's why it's so important that each of us come to the place where we look at our life. And even though life's going to, you know, the the trash around us, even though that's true, we can still say about ourselves, I am all right. I'm going to make it. I'm all right because I'm in Christ. I'm all right because Jesus is in me. Amen. And that's just good to know. That gives you a solid place to live life from. Whether you're single or whether you're married, you need to be all right. Hey, trust me. I know that even though singles will say, you know, it's lonely being single, and it is, I can tell you that some of the loneliest people I've met are married. And they're lonely because they're supposed to be not lonely in marriage, and yet their marriage is is the kind of marriage where they're left lonely. And that just accentuates the feelings of loneliness when, when you're at a place where you're supposed to not be lonely, but you are lonely. So trust me, loneliness is, is something for everybody. We all need to be all right in Christ. That's number three. Because I'm all right in Christ, I can live a life of love and service. Because I'm all right in Christ, I can live a life of love and service. Being all right in Christ is what enables you to give yourself away. It's what enables you to say, because of Jesus, I'm going to give myself, even though maybe there could be rejection out there, maybe there could be somebody who doesn't really think I'm all that, but I'm still going to give myself because I'm all right in Christ. You know, I've met so many people in my lifetime that are single and doing ministry or single and and pouring themselves out around the world. And I met a couple of these last summer, and they ended up uh, getting married. And so I married them. It's a young couple named uh, David and Stephanie. And then they went off to Kona, and they're leading hundreds of single people around the world to do ministry. And so I would like you just to take a moment and and look at their little uh, video that they made for us this morning. Hi, I'm Stephanie. And I'm David. And we're the Hinleys. And we are just newly married, and we're starting our new missionary journey together Uh, in Youth with a Mission in Kona, Hawaii. Our staff get to run alongside students. We have 170 students for this training school, and we get to walk alongside them and champion them in their faith with the Lord so that they can understand their true identity with Christ and then ultimately know God to make God known and go out into all the corners of the earth and spread the gospel because these students really are the next generation that is going to come and be forerunners for like fiery revivalists and be forerunners for the Great Commission. And we really believe in what these students are doing and we get the honor of championing them. And we'll be leading them in March to a nation overseas, preaching the gospel to people who've never heard. At the same time, we're moving more into Bible translation work. We're working to bring the Bible into the last languages on earth for people so that everybody can have access to his word in their language. And so we're hoping to have that in our lifetime. But we want to start Bible translation in a thousand languages over the next five years. And we're so thankful for all of your support and everything you guys are doing here at North County Christ King. And we're so excited for what God's going to do with us in Kona. Isn't that great? Stephanie grew up right here in our church. And what I love about this video that we just saw is is you have them, newly married, but then you have hundreds of students. And, you know, YWAM deploys thousands and thousands of kids every year, and not just kids, but middle-aged people as well, all over the world to step out in their gifting and to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And I just think that's a wonderful expression of what everybody can be thinking about and doing, right? So whether you're married or single, God has a plan for you. 
And when you see yourself as complete in him, then it frees you to do the good works that God has called you to do. Uh, We love this verse here at North County, Ephesians 2.10. It says, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We like to say it like this. God made you on purpose for a purpose. So whether you stay here in Linden or Whatcom County or whether you go somewhere around the world, whether you take a leap and get out there somewhere, your main purpose is to do the good things that Jesus Christ created for you to do. Now, that changes when you get married. And so I want to make that distinction this morning. That changes when you get married. Your scope of ministry changes when you get married. You can still be effective. You can still go and do. And we've got lots of people in our church that do that while they're married. But make no mistake... You have a family, you have a spouse, you have children, and in my case now grandchildren, uh, that I need to think about when I think about ministry and I think about what God has called me to do and, and placed before me to do. It does change. As a single person, you're free to go and do whatever good thing God has planned for you to do. You know, the two greatest people in the New Testament were single. You know this, right? Jesus and Paul. And look at the influence that they had all around the world and over the last couple thousand years. And it was Paul who said in 1 Corinthians 7, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. And all the wives said, Amen. So his interests are... Divided. Now, Paul doesn't say this to make married people feel bad. We can still all give and, you know, do what we're gifted in doing and, and build the kingdom together. We can do that. But it is different. And Paul said in verse 7, I wish everyone were single, just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one or another. Why did Paul say that? Because he understood the potential of having someone who's single on fire for God. And with no constraints. And I've known many of these people throughout my lifetime. I'm friends with many of them right now. I've got a friend named Dan. Dan Korber. Uh, When I was a college pastor at Eastside Church in Bothell 20 years ago, Dan was one of my students. So he was in his late teens, early 20. And we had a summer internship program for the years that I was college pastor. We had students from Australia and all over the, all over the place. We had students come and spend the summer with us at Eastside. And this one summer, Dan was there. We had some really great girls. I mean, we had some cute girls. And they, all of them, would have loved to have a relationship with Dan. Dan was that kind of guy. But Dan never found the one. He never found the one to spend his life with. Dan never married. This is him in Chile. Uh, never married, but he has learned to live the single life in probably one of the most healthy ways I have ever come across in my life. I highly respect Dan. And he's in his 40s now, and I messaged him last week, and I said, Hey, I'm going to talk about singleness, and it's been a while since I've been single, so fill me in. What's, what are some tips? And so he did. This uh, next picture is from LAX, and because he's always on some adventure or some mission, here's my friend Dan. Hey, North County, Pastor Kurt. Thanks for letting me talk to you guys a little bit about the single life um, and the keys to success. So years ago, uh, I took St. Paul's words to heart when he said, your only obligation as a single person is to the Lord. And what did that mean to me? It meant 
living outside the box, uh, basically partnering with God to jump outside the box. And that's what I've done. And so I'd say there's about five things that I feel like are the keys to success in this kind of life, this uh, life outside the box with the Lord. And number one is dare to dream. So I will literally sit and I will imagine and dream and see myself somewhere else around the world, you know, not just Canada, but somewhere far away, um, a new job, a new career, um, even going to help an orphanage somewhere far away. There's so many things that, that the Lord, when we dream with the Lord, he will, he, he, will, he will lead us to those places. So that's number one. Number two is we gotta know God. We gotta know him. We have to understand him and hear his voice and, and know him. And the way we do that is through, I spend an hour a day with the Lord, uh, just in prayer, in worship, uh, reading the scriptures, just meditating on the goodness of the Lord and, and learning to hear his voice. Uh, the next thing, number three, would be um, intentional friendships. Like loneliness is something every one of us as humans deal with, but as a single person, it can even be, it can even be a, a, a more of a problem is loneliness. So what I do is I basically make sure that I have my intentional friendships. I keep my friendships ex extremely close and a couple that are really, really strong. And that is kind of a key. I get involved with their lives, their families, and I kind of treat them like my own family since I don't have my own. So that's really important. Uh, the fourth thing that is so important is, is living in the light, living transparent, uh, living in accountability. So it's easy as a single person to just kind of, to kind of hide and be in the darkness. But the Lord has called us to holiness to be in the light. And so I have all my find your friends apps so everyone can always see where I'm at. Uh, and that's something that's really important. So live in the light. Um, live in accountability, uh, dream, get close to the Lord. And I would say the final thing is I understand it's not about me. It's about others. And so as I dream and I partner with the Lord and I live holy and I live for God and I spend my time with him, uh, the real, the real key is to understand is that God's going to take me maybe somewhere far away, somewhere crazy, but it's going to be for others. And and that's what it's all about. Love God, love others, and just enjoy the adventure. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Dan. So live the dream. You know, let God place a dream in your heart. Let him develop that dream. What is it that God wants you to do? And, and primarily for single people here today, single people online, uh, listen for the Lord's voice. God may take you into some amazing new opportunities uh, just because you listen and pay attention to what he is saying to you. You know, another really good friend of mine is Kimberly Martinson. Who knows Who knows Kim? She's a part of our church. Yeah, we love Kimberly. She's been here forever. Uh, if you know her, you love her. And she truly is an amazing woman. And this is Kimberly with the Lukens family. And, uh, of course, David and Julie. And, and then we have the um, Samantha and Juliets, the Juliets there. And Kimberly has done something like I've really never seen anyone do like her, and that is she has joined families. And the Lukens family has had so many people in their home. Uh, my son was even a part of their family for a while. And they've had people in their homes, and they're a family that makes room and invites people uh, into their homes, into their lives. And Kimberly has done such a great job of building community uh, with her family, with families. And so I asked her to share some things with me about being single. You know, it had been 37 years for me, and so I didn't want to assume that I could, you know, say this well or, or do this well. So I sat down with her a couple weeks ago, 
And uh, there's a few things that she said to me that I thought were really powerful. Here's the first one. She said, you're as lonely as you choose to be. You're as lonely as you choose to be. You decide to put yourself out there and you pursue relationships and you pursue community. And you will find community. She said, single people can struggle with a sense of invisibility. So we need to create community. You know, she said, especially in a church, it can, it can feel like you're invisible sometimes because there's so many families and so many, you know, marriages and so many kids uh, that she said, you know, you can feel invisible. So you've really got to put yourself out there and create community. Kimberly said, we all need friends who are in each other's guts. That's exactly, that's the quote. What she meant by that is people that go deep with you and understand everything about you and, and you with them. And they understand what you need. They understand your pains, your hurts, your worries, uh, your good times. People that you're completely gut honest with. Uh, we need those people in our life. And then Kimberly gave me five things that are helpful. And I actually wrote them down for you because they were so good uh, that are good for her as a single person. Here's number one. We need to own our own identity. We need to own our own identity. What does that mean? It means that singleness is not... My identity. Being married is not my identity. My identity is in Christ and how he's made me to be and what he has given me to do. So she says, go on the journey with God. Let God take you where he wants to take you as a single person. Live a full life. And then I love this. As she was sharing with me, she said, you know, Kurt, God is my father and God is my husband. And if I'm disappointed in God as my husband, I've got some big problems. Right? Because he's the perfect husband. And so I need to come to the place where I am satisfied in my relationship with God as my father and God as my husband. That I am really all right in Christ. Secondly, Kimberly said, we need to pursue community. As a single person, you need to join a family. And not just for your own sake, but for their sake. Here's another family that Kimberly has joined. This is the Rodriguez family. And the girls call her Auntie Kimmy. And she's been friends with this family for years and years, and they've taken her in. But also, she's taken them in. And it's not just that a family has something to offer a single person. It's that as a single person, you have something to offer a family. And so you come in with your singleness, and you say, let me bless you. What can I do to enrich your life as a family? What can I do to make you better than you were before? So you need to pursue community. Kimberly brings joy wherever she goes. She really does. Number three... She said, we need to give ourselves to something meaningful. Dan said this as well. There's got to be the thing that, that is outside yourself that you give yourself to. The thing of the kingdom, the thing of ministry that you need to do. And, and Kimberly's been a part of so many ministries over the years, some of them here at North County, but also outside of North County, that she gives herself to. And she gives herself to people. Life's not just about Kimberly. I like to say, be an Audi, not an any. You know? Right? Belly buttons. So be an Audi, not an innie. Kimberly's definitely an Audi. Don't be inward focused. Don't let your world become about you as a single person, but rather let it become about others. You'll feel better, and they'll feel better. Uh, number four, we need to be com- content in completeness. Again, this means don't always be spending your energy waiting for that person to come, but rather give yourself away and let God bring that person, if he will, If that's his plan for you, be open to that. But don't spend your whole life, Kimberly said, don't spend your whole life languishing for your other half. You don't need another half. You're complete in yourself in Christ. And finally, number five, Kimberly said, 
We need to guard our eyes. We need to guard our eyes. What does she mean by that? She said to me, Kurt, uh, we don't want to lust after what we don't have. And if we fill our hearts and our minds with the media, with movies that are not you know, uplifting and are not good, then we're going to find ourselves lusting after what we don't have. And so Kimberly said, you know, for me, I need to guard my eyes. I don't want to feed that fire within me. Dan said it like this, you know, focus on going deeper with God, right? Focus on going deeper with him. Become more intimate with Jesus. Well, finally, to close our time together, I have a few words of advice for us, the church, all of us, single or married, but especially especially married people. Dan said, let me, let me speak to the people of the church. I said, okay. So I'm just going to quote him on these. And the first thing Dan said is this. He said, church, be sensitive to a single person's loneliness and welcome them into your family. Like I said, Gwen and I have had, I don't know, half a dozen single people over the years live with us for varying amounts of time. And it's always been such a blessing to us. And allow a single person to bring their unique personality and their take on life and allow them to serve you. They can come and serve your family and be a part of your family. It's pretty awesome. Secondly, Dan said, always have a room ready for a single friend to crash. He said, you know what? Single people sometimes just need a safe place to go. They need a place where they can be restored, almost like a retreat. And your home can become a retreat for a single person. And you can become a family to them. Thirdly, Dan said, don't judge. Don't judge. There are a lot of reasons why people are single. For some people like Dan, it's by choice. You know, for some people, maybe they've lost a spouse. Just yesterday, I joined a a funeral online for a good friend of mine named Dan Robertson, uh, who lived in Southern California. I worked with him in Taiwan. We were one-on-one prayer partners for a year. You get tight, you know, when you're sharing your prayer stuff with one another. And Dan's 62, he's in really, really good shape, biker, runner, athlete all his life. And his wife woke up a couple weeks ago and found him gone beside her. And so we did the online funeral service yesterday, and I found myself thinking about Donnie, his wife, and thinking about how she will need to now, you know, kind of reestablish her life and kind of redefine her life, because life has been, you know, her and Dan all these years. So sometimes people are single because they've lost their spouse. Or maybe they've lost their spouse to divorce. There's a lot of reasons people are single, not just one. So don't judge. And the last thing he said was develop personal relationships with people who are single. Uh, Dan said, you know what? I've been a single guy my entire life, and I have so appreciated those families that have opened their hearts to me, opened their lives to me, and allowed me to be a part of their family, and allowed me to have friends with people that are not just single, but also people who are married because he's enriched by that, right? It's enriching to him. And here's the last picture. Finally, Dan said to me, for those who have chosen to remain single or those who haven't found the right person yet, it can be an amazing life, an amazing opportunity to live outside the box. This is still Dan speaking. Conversely, giving up what is natural, like marriage, is a sacrifice Sacrifice brings suffering. Suffering, when we offer it to God, draws us closer to Him. So those who choose the single life will be blessed in their relationship with God while having the opportunity to live on a different path than normal. It's important, Dan says, that both the single person and the married person understands this. 
You know, for me, family, it comes back to this thing we talked about called completeness. Completeness. Uh, Whether you're single, whether you're married this morning, I do believe that God wants each of us to find our completeness in our union with Jesus Christ. And it's out of that completeness that we have anything to give at all, right? And so we need to find and we need to mine the depths and mine the strength of that relationship that we have with Christ. So I want to invite the band to come back up this morning. We're going to close with communion today. And I want to bring it back as we take communion together and as we take communion online. I want to bring it back to this idea of completeness. When you hold the body and you hold the juice, the the blood of Christ in your hand this morning, I want you to remember that because of what Jesus did, you are complete in your union with Christ. And my prayer is this morning that, that all of us will go just a little bit deeper in our understanding of that completeness. Jesus has already provided it all. It's not like he's going to do more this morning. But the idea is that we're going to receive more into our heart, into our soul, no matter what our condition today. So let's pray, and then we're going to receive communion together after this song. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much that we find our completeness in you, that you fulfill us, that you complete us. Jesus, we thank you that you allow us to give ourselves away in that completeness and to become a blessing to others. You modeled that for us, Lord Jesus. You gave it all on the cross for us. And may we be people that give it all for you. And Lord Jesus, as we sing this song, I just pray that we would, we would meditate and contemplate on, on the absolute nature of your love for us and how we can be people that absolutely respond to this thing called completeness. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just worship together as we sit, meditate this morning.